It's Tuesday of coaching school, the last day of coaching school. And, Step, I don't know if you feel this way. I've seen a lot of coaches riding the struggle bus right now. There's a few coaches who had a big night last night. Quite a few. A little, moving a little slower, head drooping a little bit. It was a big <laughs> night last night. A tradition unlike any other. Step, your premium Texas high school football podcast from your amigos. Some would say your best friends. Oh, absolutely. At Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. I am the Tep, Greg Tepper. And I'm the Step, Matt Step. Thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. We love you very, very much. So much. We love you so hard. So very much. Um, we are... We're on the road. We're playing a road game here. We're, we're playing an away game. We are... The George R. Brown Convention Center in beautiful, scenic Houston, Texas. Crime-free Houston, Texas. Crime-free Houston, Texas. (laughs) Not so much, but it's okay. Where the sun is always shining. Um, For the THSDA Coaching School and Convention, uh, annual tradition or an annual event here for the... um, for the 87th time. 87th time. My yeah, goodness. 87th coach in that school. Is, I just looked down at my badge and it was on. Good job. Uh, that is a lot. Uh, we have been here uh, all week. It started on. We got here Saturday got afternoon. Here Saturday afternoon. Yeah. And uh, it's Tuesday today. And we will be uh, heading out after after uh, we do this podcast and then uh, tear down a little bit the booth here. We've had a big booth here. And you've got a sponsor engagement. Oh, oh, I do we can't talk about that. But, uh, oh, sponsors. Oh, yes, I do. Anyway, um, we are here celebrating Texas high school ball. This is the start of the season. In Absolutely. A lot of ways. Absolutely. This is the start of the season. And so we're, we're very, uh, very excited to be here um, at the uh, THSEA Coaching School and Convention. We'll get into that in just a moment. Um, we're also going to have a big time uh, to celebrate coaches. We're going to have our, our inaugural Texas high school football oh coaches draft. Uh, you and I are going to go back and forth and, and, and pick some coaches that we would want on our side. We will get into that. But first, Matthew, we must start with your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. Mm-hmm. On the road, it's going to be tough. It's, it, road games are tough. Um, you got to play perfect, so I'm, I'm hoping to uh, make it happen. It's, it's, uh, there's, there's a lot to, to get to here. But, Matthew, your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. I want to know... Who has, for now, the... Well, okay, so, so there are four... There's Tim McCannon and Hugh Sandifer. Just chatting it up. Alito and, and Evelyn Wilder. A lot of wins between those two. Yes. A few um, state titles, few wins. That's, what, that's what happens here. No, you're doing great. So there are four teams with active district winning streaks. Okay. Of 58 or more. Okay. Who are... Including, I'll give you a hint, it's the all-time 5A record, the all-time 6A record, and the all-time 2A record, plus another one. And the 5A record is a national record. 5A record is a national record. I know the 5A one off the top of my head. But you may be staring at his coach right now. Yeah. So, Matt Stepp, who are the four teams that have won at least 58 consecutive district games? Uh, Alito is at 81 right now. 83. 83. Okay, 83. 83. They hold the record. You know you know who Alito's last district loss is against? I have no idea. Everyone? 
at e- the E block. E block. Six uh, A. Mm-hmm. Um, is it Allen? It is not Allen. Okay, I don't know who's Six A. The KD Tigers have won sixty-eight district okay. games in a row. Okay. That is a six A record, by the way. Okay. Sixty-eight. So, okay. and now you're looking for another six A, and the all-time two A record. Referio for two A, right? Nope. Damn it! Wrong part of the state. Dang too. it! Uh, this is another six A. Mm-hmm. Um, Think about the city we're in. Think about a legendary coach. Houston Lamar. Houston Lamar has That's won what, yeah, 61 was, games in a row. Okay. District games. And 2A is not Refurio. It's not Refurio. Huh. We talked with their coach. He came by. Did we interview him? We, uh, yes. We did interview him. Too. In fact, we interviewed him and a, his chief district rival. Oh, was it Albany? Albany. Okay. Albany has won 58 district games in a row. That is a 2A record. Uh, so those are the four teams with the at- longest active consecutive uh, with district winning streaks: Alito at eighty-three, and Katie at sixty-eight, Lamar at sixty-one, and Albany at fifty-eight. I'll say I think Albany's is in danger. I think Hamlin can take it. I think Hamlin has a yeah. shot at it. Danny Lamar- Faith, who has two hundred ninety-nine wins, yeah. he's, he's on the cusp of three hundred. So that is your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. Um, so let's let's run through a little bit of what we've been doing here at, at THSA Coaching School and Convention, and and kind of why we're here. I, I think there's there's a notion of like, okay, well, this is a, a convention for coaches, for coaches, and it's a clinic essentially where there's a lot of events. And, and by the way, it's not just football, although obviously that's what we pay the most attention. Yeah, that, to. that's the misconception. This is a all sports convention. I mean, there's basketball, track, volleyball, clinics, baseball, softball, every sport. Yeah, there is now. Admittedly, this has a pretty Texas. This has a pretty football flair to it because football season is right around the corner. Yeah, and is, I'm fired up. This is the kickoff of football season for us. You know, yes. when we send the magazine to press, uh, usually around the end of May, beginning of June, then we have what we what what kind of I guess would count as our off season, right? From about June one until now, cheer off season is my off. <laughs> I got seven on seven. You got seven on seven, <laughs> but. We you are kick it back off at seven on state seven on seven. Yeah, I do. That's when you get it cranked up. Because admittedly, yes, you work a lot harder in the magazine than I do. Well, that's very Ad- admittedly. So you deserve a break. Um, but we are. So we come to this, and we've been coming every year. We have a, a big, big booth here at THSCA. It is, it is exceedingly large. We, we, we called it the Built with Chocolate Milk Coaches Lounge. Yes, and it's literally you could sit here and, and stretch out and. and and catch a break. Chandra Lancaster, our um, our, our esteemed operations um, chief, she's has, amazing. Has done an unbelievable this job. This place is unreal. And so we have had a big booth. <coughs> Dave Campbell, the the legend himself, the our editor in chief and founder, was here signing autographs on Sunday and Monday at ninety four. Ninety four. Just out here grinding, um, signing magazines for people. Everybody comes by to kiss the ring, uh, and what? And that's the hook, right? The hook for us is. We'll get them. We'll, we'll bait them in with Dave, mm-hmm. and then we'll say, "Hey, Coach, can we interview you?" Mm-hmm. So we've had the camera set up. Max has been producing, and we have done fifty-seven coaches' interviews. Yes, five, seven. It has been just nonstop. And by the way, we did it basically in a day and a half. We stopped yesterday uh, around one forty-five because mm-hmm. we had to go to the UIL press conference mm-hmm. where we broke the news about the uh, state championships in 2020. So, uh, you know, we, we 
broke that news or some other interesting little tidbits from the UIL and then Fox Football Friday, Texas Football Days is mm-hmm. back. Released those uh, live uh, Lone Star look-in games. Mm-hmm. So that was released. So, but we, yeah, we, we stopped to go to the press conference and we came back from the press conference. We were done. We, we, were we, done. we could have, if, if we wanted to, and, and if my voice, as you can tell, is a little scratchy, <laughs> if my voice would have held up, we probably would have done 70. Well, and we have, um, and, and it's not just, it's coaches from all over the state. I think literally we, we started thinking about it. I think we got coaches from every region of the state. Yeah. yeah it, you, you would think, oh, you're in Houston. You're, you're going to get a lot of Houston coaches. And we did. We, we got, got some Houston coaches, but absolutely. we got the Valley. We got Laredo. We got San Antonio. We got Austin, Dallas, West Texas, Panhandle, East Texas, El Paso. El Paso. A lot of El Paso, actually. Yeah. Everybody was, was, I think, pretty much every portion of the state has some sort of representation. And there were fun interviews. And we actually even interviewed a few. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, you're a high school football nerd. But we got some college coach interviews as well. Did Recoder from um, Riverside? No, Coach Recoder never came back by. I'm going to give him a hard time on Twitter Mm -hmm. about that. He stood me up twice now. Mm -hmm. He stood me up at the El Paso Clinic, too. But we are. So that's what we've been doing. He's dead to me now. We've been, we've been, we've been just doing these interviews, and it's been great because again, this is you know much like seven on seven. This is a great opportunity where coaches are thinking about football. It's football's on their mind, mm-hmm. but they're not busy and they're not stressed yet. And almost all of them are in a good mood yes, because they're they're, all, they're undefeated. They're all undefeated, and they are all hanging out with friends. It, this is like a big. Big reunion. A lot of these guys, you know, don't get to see each other that often. And this is like the one time that that they can run into each other and and see each other and and chat. And for a lot of coaches, um, it's hard to even make it from one side of the exhibit hall to the other because they keep getting stopped and Mm -hmm. and chatting with somebody they know. So, you know, it's part of it. I had a couple of guys go, oh, it came by, but I just couldn't make it over there because I kept getting stopped. So, Dude, yeah. And and on a lesser scale, it happens to to the media and to us a little bit where – we know a lot of people, and we try to walk around, and we get stopped occasionally as well, and, which is, and, and, and yes. that happens, and like we're, we're, we're flattered. Had a lot of people tell us to listen to this podcast, which is and we thank you. Concerning, <clears throat> it is. A, I, yeah, I what are you that, doing with I your thought, life? I thought we were doing this. There's just Stephen, Stephen Mackey. I'm telling you, like it's celebrities all over the place, uh, but we are. So that's kind of what we've been doing. But then there's you know like it, there's a there's a couple of things like that's the okay. So that is that is in many ways the. Um, the clean version mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of telling you what happens at coaching school. But you're, you're an insider. You mm. want the insider. We, we love you. A, we love you. So let's be honest. This is also, it's party weekend. Oh, yeah. It is. You've got to remember, I, I, I always, I call it the Texas high school football coaching fraternity. Because uh, it's, a, it's all dudes. They all have each other's back. Mm-hmm. They're all very loyal to each other. Mm-hmm. And when you get them together, the lights have a good time. It goes down. They have a good time. They do. And so uh, I know last night we, ha- we, we had host- a little shindig. We had a little shindig uh, over at the hotel. And we um, talked. Uh, we, can stay- we can tell people where we stayed now, can't we? We were at the Hilton. We, we were- our, our location was super secret yeah. to keep all the fans away from you. Papacitos at the Hilton. <laughs> And uh, had had a great time. A bunch of coaches came by, yeah. um, have, having a, you know just good to chop, chop it up with them. I always tell people, and this this is a here's a I'm a capital J journalist, as everybody knows, capital J, hmm. um, bold, 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 bold font, bold font, underlined italics, capital J journalist. I have a hard and fast rule that if you have a beverage in your hand, it's off the record. Yes, anything you tell me is off the record. Uh-huh. So. 
Um, I can't tell you a lot of what was going <laughs> you on. Want, now, you left because you went off with okay. Craig Way right. to go to House of Pies. Okay. Look, you were pie-napped. When Craig, when, when Craig Way pulls up in his truck. Literally, Craig Way, it's like a kidnapping. We are outside on the patio at Papacito's eating chips and salsa and chatting with coaches, and a car comes screeching up. Not literally, but a car cub pulls up on the side of the road. There's Chris Gilbert. Chris Gilbert. Oh, my gosh. I'm telling you, it's celebrities it, all it over is, the place. It is. Look at all, all these wins over here. I'm telling you. Um, <laughs> a car pulls up, and yeah. Craig Way rolls down the window, and he goes, Hey, Greg, you guys want to come get some pies? And Greg hops the fence and runs away from us. Bye, guys. In the car. Sorry, man. And Craig it, Way says, You you want to go eat some, uh, some go to House of Pies, you say. Well, yeah. You just get in the truck. I don't blame you. But I will say, when we left Papacitos, the girl that was working there goes, I have to tell you, she's like, our beer cooler is empty. And I've been working here five years, and it has never been empty before. We did it, guys. <laughs> we, 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 drank, we drank them out of Achievement alcohol. unlocked. If we did it. Um, but that's, you know, that, the, I'll tell you, that, that is how you, uh, how, you, how you do it. I mean, that, we had a, a great time. And, and then it's just, you know, you're walking around. This is after, you know, after hours. You're going to bars. You're seeing, you know, you're seeing coaches, and um, you know, like I said, they're they're relaxed and they want to talk football. That's the fun thing about this mm-hmm. is that everybody here wants to talk football. Yesterday, um, we were, like we got Chad Rod or um, uh, T- uh, Todd Rogers was there. Todd Rogers from uh, from Argyle was there. We obviously think Argyle is going to be pretty darn good, and we just got to sit there and talk Eagle football with like him and his staff for like twenty minutes, and it was great. Just you know, get some insight on it. It was just, great, and just you his know, assistants were awesome. We we were one funny thing is we were looking through the archives. Yes, so the, all, a lot of the Argyle coaches were listed in the magazine, and we were looking through the archives, and a couple of them there were there were some chop, bus, chops being busted. There and were, they saw oh, each other's names in the magazine. There's so a lot of chops being I think busted. The, the baseball coach uh, Ricky Griffin, who's also the secondary coach at Argyle, he's now his nickname is now Good Hands because apparently Good in hands. the 1984 edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, as a member of the Frisco Raccoons, he was in the magazine said he had good hands. That's oh man. We also misspelled Todd Rogers' name in the 1983 edition. So I, I was not born. Send, I cannot be send, responsible. Send David Barron a note. David <laughs> David Barron. Yeah. Houston Chronicle. Todd Todd Rogers, a Crane Golden Crane alum. We uh, and so what did we do? What what happened Monday night? Why am I blanking on no, Monday night? Was oh no, that was last night. So what, what was Sunday night? Sunday night was our team dinner at Spanish Flowers. Team dinner at Spanish Flowers. Yeah. That was excellent. <coughs> it was um, glorious. And then, uh, was and then came back to uh, came back and the hotel bar was jumping. Um, just it's just you know, it's a lot of fun to, to to chat up these coaches and and then you know especially coaches who have maybe made moves since we last saw them. Yes. Um, to chat about the transition. Like I was really one of the interviews we did was with Jared Fikach, the coach at Georgetown Eastview, yeah. who of course did such great work at San Saba, and just asking him like questions like. What was your staff size at San Saba versus Eastview? Yeah. It's like triple now. Yeah. You know, things like that. And we also interviewed San Saba's head coach, new yeah. head coach, Andre Aguirre. And, by the way, we got an armadillo shirt. That was another we thing. Did. We put out a call <laughs> to folks, and we said, hey, we're going to be here, and we need, we need swag for the swag shrine. And also, if you want to bring me a large and step an XL, then we will definitely wear it. Yes. 
And so, and coaches came through. Ishmael Johnson got some shirts too. Yeah, Ishmael Johnson got some shirts too. Uh, we were rolling deep. It was. It's. It's just. We been, have an obscene amount of shirts. The, the swag shrine is going to look different because Max is going to be updating it with the new gear we got. But so. it was. It's. It's just been a lot of fun um, here. It's always fun here at the THSEA Coaching School and Convention. Um, I understand that the FBS uh, coaches panel was a big hit. I understand uh, Dana Holgerson was holding court essentially. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it's just you know it's fun. We had. Jake Spavitol came came by. We had David Bailiff came by of AM Commerce. Yeah. Um, we just had a lot of times. And then in, and then the other thing is that you just run into guys. And you just end up having these five-minute conversations with guys. Yeah. And for you and I, who are in the business of theoretically analyzing football, you just get these little nuggets. Little, little Lots nuggets. Lots of little nuggets. Little nuggets to be like, hey, by the way, so-and-so really thinks that they've got a breakout quarterback on their hands. Yep. Or, you know, this team is a little worried about their offensive line play. That's the kind of stuff that's going to help color our analysis going forward. I like to get the nuggets from the coaches on, like, their, their district opponents and stuff because they're going to be upfront and honest with you about it. And, so you know, and you know who... Sometimes they'll sandbag on their own team a little bit. And you know who I like talking to the most, I think, here to get the accurate representation of how a team is going to be? Who's that? The wives. Oh, yeah, the wives. Because the coach's wives, they're, they're, I would say... There's Josh Ragsdale. There's Josh Ragsdale. Oh, my gosh. Um, he's bowing to us. I don't know yeah. why he's bowing yeah. to us. But uh, <laughs> because here's the thing is that coaches will sandbag on you. Yep. Coaches will say, oh, I don't know if we're going to be any good. Of course they will. They always sandbag on their think, own team. I don't know if we would be able to get a first down if you spotted us nine yards and things like that. Josh Ragsdale's taking our photo. Um, I don't know why he's doing that. Uh, it's black could mail. be blackmail for later. It could be blackmail for later. So, but, but you know who won't lie to you because they're too nice and they have no incentive to lie to you are the coach's wives. Correct. And so if you go and you ask a coach's wife, how's the team going to be, they're going to shoot you straight and they're going to say, they're going to be great. They're going to be really good. We're going to win a state championship mm-hmm. or something like that. Uh, I was talking with Don Hyde's wife at Winkle La Vega. And that's and what a saintly woman, woman for marrying man, him. I'm telling what, you. what a saint. But I was telling, I was, I was asking, I was like, how are they going to be? And she said, oh, they're going to be really good. I'm like, well, good because we ranked them number one. That's the other thing is that this is this is a, a chance for coaches to address us in person about our predictions. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, <clears throat> I have not had anybody come up to us and say, oh, you ranked us too low. No, not yet. Now, Britt Hart just just left Fall City head coach Britt Hart, and he just told us we ranked him too high. He he thinks we should he should, we should have them much lower, and, and we're not buying it. No, so every we ain't buying what he's selling. No, every coach thinks that they shouldn't be ranked too high. Everyone mm-hmm. thinks they're too high. Uh, you know who the and you know who you know who the worst is, and we had him here, Danaher. Oh we yeah, had, we had Danaher. We had Phil. We had Phil Danaher. At one point, we were doing an interview. And Phil Danaher and Cornell Thompson are sitting at our <laughs> at our, our our booth here. on deck and in the hole. <laughs> just just and they're just sitting there chatting. Yeah. And I'm just like, can I just like l- sit here? And I'm not gonna say a word. There's like 600 wins. I just want to hear what you guys are talking about. Almost and, probably maybe 700 wins between them. And so the funny story. So then Danaher is is leaving the leave, leaving. You know, he gets up out of the chair and. Former Sentin assistant, now current Rio Vista head coach Casey Black, who has never coached. He, he's a first-year varsity head coach. He's like, really? I got to follow Danaher? Really? <laughs> I'm like, hey, coach, sorry. You know, Somebody's got to do it. it. Happened. I said, hey, you're undefeated. He's not. <laughs> so yeah. it worked out okay. But it's just, it's just a really, it's really a, a fun time here, and, and we get a lot from it because, um, because you know, people, well, again, it just goes back to the fact 
that people love Dave, and people love the magazine that Dave built. And you know, as a result, when we walk around with our with with this on our chest, people want to stop and talk about football with us. Yes. And, and that's what we want too. So everybody wins. Everybody wins. And we just don't want to screw it up. Yeah. And and so it's 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 fun times here at the THSEA Coaching School and Convention. I'm trying to think if I forgot anything that we need to tell. I think we said we. I think we recapped everything. That's um, pretty well. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's about it. So, um, it's been a fun time here in Houston. The next three, I believe, this is the first time they've ever done this. Yes. But the next three will be in San Antonio, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they've announced something like thirteen thousand three hundred coaches here. ETA, yeah, I'll, I'll, they don't have an exact number by the end of the day, but thirteen thousand, which I believe is at minimum a record for Houston. Yes. Maybe a record overall. Right. It is a is at least a record for Houston. We're really uh, that's huge. And by the way, typically, just historically, San Antonio draws a little bit better than Houston. Yeah, a little more centrally located. A little bit more centrally located, but it, it draws a little bit better uh, than Houston. So next year, in the next three years in Let's San Antonio, see bigger numbers. And more importantly, we will see we will play America's favorite game show: which coach is going to fall in the river. Yes, absolutely. that is that is that is the, the the game that America has embraced as its favorite. And so, so we're here at the THSC. Uh, we're excited, of course, we'll be back next year. So I guess we've got a football season. We've got to get talking through a lot first. of coaches. Thinking um, a lot about coaching. And, uh, we'll find a way. And, we'll we'll and trust I'm sure. I'm sure we'll find a way of having a coaches draft. Um, we were going to do this live at our happy hour, but Papacitos thought that it was much more important that they play like. Lady Gaga over the uh, the loudspeaker. Yeah, they yeah. wouldn't give us the PA. That's which okay. Is, which is fine. Um, we did we did drink a lot of beer from them, so that's fine. Yeah. So, um, you and I are going to have our inaugural Tep and Step Coaches Draft. Uh, here, are the, here are the 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 rules. We're going to have four rounds. We're going to go back and forth. You're going to go first. I'm going to go second, third, fourth, etc. And we are each going to take. A head coach in Texas high school football to win one game. Okay. 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 You're taking a coach that he is going to take a program, and you're going to say, "All right, I need you for this." Now, do you? Want, I'm going to die if we don't win this game on Friday. I'm going. Yes, I will. <laughs> I will go to jail if we don't win this game. So you're going to pick uh, a weird, yeah, yeah, weird premise, but we're going with it. Yeah. So we are going to go back and forth. Now, here are some ground rules. Here's some ground rules. One, they have to be an active head coach. Dang it, Gordon Wood is off the board. Gordon Wood is Crap. off the board. G.A. Moore is off the board. You can't take that. Okay. Secondly, one of your four picks has to be a coach who has been a head coach for 20 or more years. Head coach 20 head or more coach years. Head coach 20 or more years. We're talking okay. a veteran. Okay? okay. A veteran okay. coach. There's that. One of your coaches has to be a coach who's been a head coach for fewer than 10 years. Okay. 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 Fewer than 10 years. So a new-ish coach. Okay. Um, and that's basically it. You can take any other any other guys that you want um, off the board. Now, so here's the question, though. And, and, and we'll produce this on the fly. We can do it one game or we can do it one season. Because and that is different, I think it is very different. Because there are some coaches that I think I think of pro- as program builders, and some guys I think of tacticians. So I, I think we should do it as one game. One game. Okay. I think we should do it as one, one game. game. You got to win right. one game. You got one game. Or you, you got Or you're going to jail. Or you. Or you have to go live in Oklahoma for the rest. You of your have life. to live in Oklahoma. You're kicked out of the state <laughs> if you, you lose this game. You're banned. And so we will start the inaugural Tep and Step. 
coaches draft with Matt Step. Okay. Pick one one is. Well, I'm going to start with. Uh, I think what the, the my uh, my opinion the best game game best coach in the state of Texas pick win in one game. Scott Surratt of Carthage. Good pick. That guy has, I believe, six state titles and six playoff losses in his mm-hmm. career. Um, for in-game adjustments, for for one game, a team that's more prepared, he, he always finds ways to make adjustments and uh, exploit the other team's weaknesses. I've always been impressed with him and, and the things that he can do. So Excellent pick. I've got to go with Scott Surratt at Carthage. And, and a guy, in my opinion, that if he were a coach at a 6A program, he would like he would be a guy that people talk about even more. Like that's yeah. he's a guy that because he's in East Texas, he's kind of out of the off the beaten path. Even though they've won so much, he's kind of the guy that um, because it's a four A. I think there's still people who are like oh, you know, but he's doing it a four A. I don't care. You go watch those teams. He has turned down more offers. Yes. I cannot tell you how many times schools have called him, and he's turned down college jobs as well. Yes. I mean, he is. Um, I think. I think his master stroke as a head coach was probably their uh, their semifinal win over China Spring, the Keontae Ingram's junior year. Yes, just a tremendously coached game. And then the next week, he he goes and in, in, in against Abilene Wiley in the state title game, and again coaches a masterful game. Because mm-hmm. that Carthage team, you know, talking to insiders at Carthage, that was not a no, that was not one of their better teams. That was not Surratt supposed to be the, the team. And the coaching staff did a great job, kind of putting those kids in positions. And then those kids came up and made plays. But a lot of credit goes to the Carthage coaching staff. Yes, absolutely. That's a good pick. Okay, one one for them. I guess <coughs> I'll take Gary Joseph at Katie. Okay, and you and I were talking about this. Gary Joseph just won the Hall of Honor on Saturday. The Texas yes, Wall, or THSE Hall of Honor, a well-deserved honor for him. Uh, of course, he's got great bloodlines, and he's the, the son of the, the, the late legendary Eddie Joseph. Um, he holds a record of, boy, let me just, uh, let me just uh, check in on his record. Oh, what's that? His overall record is 201 and 20. 201 and 20. Silly. And here's a hot take, and I told you this. I think there is an argument that Gary Joseph is the greatest high school football coach in Texas high school football history. I think there's an argument. When you look at what he's done, when he's done, in the era that he's done it, okay, it has never been harder to win a state championship. No, it's never been harder to win in, in high school football. And he's in one of the most competitive areas of the state. In a, a, a relentlessly difficult area of the state. And every single year, you can pencil his team in not for 10 wins, for 12 13 to be a contender. They were 11 and 2 last year. We're like, man, Katie had an off year. Down year for 11 and 2. And they lost to the best team in the state twice and played them the closest games beside the state championship Mm -hmm, game. mm -hmm. Um, I think Gary Joseph is a wizard. I think that when you're talking about a guy who, um, from a defensive perspective, will always get you what we want and has an identity of toughness, I would take Gary Joseph with my pick um, in, in the first round. So. There's that. Now, here's the thing. That does not satisfy any of the other um, things. No, no. Because he's only been a head coach there for 16 years. 16, only 16 years. He has 20 losses in 16 seasons. 20 right. losses in 16 seasons. 
Well, that's, that's, that's now he's not active anymore. That's like Cade Burns, where he was one hundred and one hundred dash nine, one hundred hyphen nine. Yeah, yes. All right, my second pick. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and cross off my twenty-year uh, guy. Yeah, he was a guy who was just standing in front of us. Another guy who I f- think really highly of about his in-game adjustments and the way that he prepares his football teams, mm-hmm. and that is Hugh Sandifer of the Abilene Wild. This is Bulldogs. a really savvy pick that I think a lot of people may not necessarily appreciate, but this is a really good pick. Coach John Fish uh, giving us a thumbs up about Spanish flowers. Okay, good. Yes. We're spreading the, we're yeah, spreading the we're, gospel. Yes. Uh, we really are like, we are really are like, if, you know, we, we, we follow... Uh, we're, we're just followers of Spanish flowers. We want to go out there and spread the word. Yes. Spread, spread, the, spread yeah. the gospel. Spreading the good news. Spreading the good news of the Spanish flowers. <laughs> so, yeah. Like speaking, uh, so, uh, Hugh Sandifer, yes. speaking of good news, uh, he says the Wiley Bulldogs uh, should be a lot better this year. After, after, they went 0-10 last year. It was a rough year. It was. But that, I think that was an aberration. I think he consistently has taken... Um, some less talented teams at Abilene Wiley um, in the past and taking them on deep runs and some of the, the adjustments and the wrinkles in games that he always throws in. Um, you can tell that their teams are well prepared and they scout their opponents really well. He's always got a trick player or two up his sleeve and it always seems to work. He, you know, I, I remember they, they played Gainesville um, at Texas Stadium a few years back and I think this was, this was Case Keenum's sophomore year. And Gainesville was loaded. Mm-hmm. And they went toe-to-toe with Gainesville, and, and Coach Sandifer had a couple of trick plays that, that worked for touchdowns. Um, they had a, a throwback screen pass that they broke for a long touchdown that was just a beautiful play. And you can just tell how well they had Gainesville scouted in that game. And, and that's a consistent theme with Abilene Wiley. And they, and they morph into these different systems and different offensive schemes to, based on their opponent's strengths and weaknesses. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I don't want to run a lot of different systems because our kids won't be able to execute it very well. I'd rather be good at what I do and, and just run what we run. Well, Abilene Wiley, it's just a sign of their coaching because they can run. They can get into the, the power eye formation and line up and run right at you. They can get in the pro set. They can get in the spread. They can run some option. They can, they can do it all. And their kids execute it really well. And it's, it's just a testament to, to Coach Sandifer and his staff on how well they have teams prepared. I think that's an excellent pick. And, and again, I, I think people are going to look at that and say, oh, well, you know, they just went, they, they went winless last year. Well, yeah, they did. But, I mean, basically. It was He's been a, there for such a long time mm-hmm. that, you know, it's going to happen. They went up to Fabio for the first time last year, and they had a rash of injuries, and they were a little bit down. So yeah. um, well, I, I think I think you'll see a much improved Abilene Wally Ball Club. I tend to think you are right. Okay. So it's my pick, and I, I, I want to get I want to get the veteran out of the way, I think. Okay, you're going your 20-year guy as well. I'm getting 20-year guy, and I've got two. Here's who I'm not picking, and I'm leaving out there. Though he is among my favorite humans, I'm not taking Phil Danaher. Okay. Even though I think there's a great choice, that's a great pick. There. I think I would pick Phil Danaher if I was looking to build a program. I think that's an outstanding point. Yeah. I might, yeah, I'm going to go with Randy Allen at Highland Park. Yeah. Okay, Good pick Randy Allen, who's going to win his. Um, well, he's at 392. You want to you want to mark him up for four, mark him down for 400. He's at 392. Yeah, I think he's going to get to four. You think he's going to win eight games this year? I think so, yeah. too. Uh, Randy Allen uh, at, at Highland Park is a guy that, to me, always gets ex- as as much out of his players 
as there is go as is in the tank. He's going to empty the tank every single game, and they're not going to beat themselves. They are going to be incredibly disciplined. They're not going to make dumb mistakes. They're not going to cost themselves the ball game. And in a lot of ways, that is that is priority one when you're talking about high school football. Is don't beat yourself, and they never beat themselves. And I think when I think when you know I think Randy Allen has admitted as much. He said, "Look, we are not. We are very rarely the most talented team out here. They are almost never the biggest team. They are almost never the fastest team." They are, you know, almost never the most talented team. But what they are is the most disciplined team, and they always have a game plan. They always have the perfect game plan for that, for for to take advantage of uh, of your, what you do worst. When you go back to that game against Manville, in hindsight, they had no business being on the same field as no. Manville. Okay. No. If you were to count, and I love John Stephen Jones, if you were to count, take take those two combined rosters and start picking players on a draft, right? How many Manville guys would you take before you took a Highland Park guy? Four or five? At least. And, that, and, that's, and that's getting... And then you, after you took John Stephen Jones, there would probably be another two or three Highland Park guys before... I mean, Manville guys. Right. Before you got to the uh, the big receiver from Highland Park who went to Virginia on a lacrosse scholarship. Yes. I guess Prince Dorba, but I mean, it, it, there's the, if you took the top 15 players yes. in that game, 12 are Manville players, and there's yes. probably three yes. from Highland Park. But the thing is, it didn't matter because they had the game plan. They figured out where they can exploit exploit the weaknesses, and that that starts with uh, the, uh, at the top. That starts with um, with Randy Allen. So Absolutely. he's my second pick, and most importantly, checks off the veterans. So now I'm pretty much I can pretty much open it up because I've got I've got a, you just got to go with the young guy. Got a lot of options here. A lot of young options. Guys. Yeah. What's next? All right. What's your next pick? I'm going to go with a guy who I, I have developed a lot of respect for um, in the past couple of years and the, the way that he's built the program. I'm going to go with James Williams at Fort Ben Marshall. This is a really good uh, pick, too. I, I saw them play two years ago, and with the discipline uh, that he has his kids play with, just little things like how they line up in warm-ups, um, how how they how they, um, they they go through their warm up process? You can just see the discipline oozing from those kids and and, and that that coaching staff. And I think Coach Williams is an ex. I think he's ex military, so it's probably that makes comes comes you know probably plays into it a little bit his, his background in the military. Uh, but just you know very very orderly, very you know by the book. And then and then the fact the, the things that he's done to, to build that program at Fort Ben Marshall has been really huge. And, and I love the I love. This year, I, I really came to love how they used Devin Ashane and and the the adjustments they made to put put the game in his hands and to make plays and to use his versatile skill set. I think a lot of guys would would just be would be hesitant to uh, use a guy like that because they've got so many other players. But yet he he found that special niche that Ashane has where he can return kicks, lines up receiver, lines up running back, puts him at quarterback occasionally, puts him on defense. There's just not nothing he can't do. And and the fact the way they utilize him and his skill set is, is unbelievable. Developed a lot of respect and, and, and admiration for James Williams and the job that he's done at Fort Ben Marshall. And to me, the, the, what I love about James Marshall, or I'm sorry, James uh, James Williams at Marshall, is he doesn't pigeonhole players. Okay, and he's not a guy who's going to say, "Oh, you're a receiver, so therefore you have to go out there and catch the ball." Instead, he's going to say, "You're an athlete, and you do a lot of things well. 
let's find mm-hmm. interesting ways to utilize you. Uh, maybe it's on defense. Yeah. Maybe it's on special teams. Let's get you. Let's find ways for you to make an impact. He's not going to say, "Oh, well, you're a receiver, so therefore you receive." Yeah. that's what I appreciate. Is, is, is they're very multiple in what they do. The knowledge, and by the way, I'm pretty sure he counts as your young coach. No, I think he's been at Marshall for longer than. F- well, I guess less than ten. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was five, but, but I had him in my other list. But I got okay. I got a less than five All right, guy. That's fine. All right, we're good. So I've got I've got a six A coach and a five A coach, right? Okay. I'm going to do a 2A coach now. All right, all right. Okay. I'm going to do a 2A coach. My 2A coach. And Max is standing right in front of me. And I think he's listening. So I think he'll appreciate he, what I'm about to say. He's, he's not listening. I'm taking Jason Herring. He is on my list. At Refurio. Yeah. Burn okay. it down. Okay. Good choice, Haas. Jason. <laughs> we've been told good choice, Haas. Jason Herring at Refurio. And we were having a conversation with somebody last night. Um, about how it was one of the one of the Martis, Martis one of Martis assistants. Yeah. about how yeah. Jason Herring a couple of years ago got a bad reputation. He did. He got a reputation as being unsportsmanlike. Uh, he got a reputation of being uh, a guy who runs up the score and all that. He wore the black hat for a while. He wore the black hat. He wore the black hat for a while. But once you said, like, I think that, and and I, again. I would, and I understand. I understand both sides of it. I understand people who look at a score like ninety-one to six, and they gawk at it and go, "That should never happen." And I agree. And I do think I don't agree with everything that Jason Herring has done. Really, I don't. But that dude can coach. Yes. And that dude, much like we were talking about um, with James Williams and Fort Ben Marshall, you want to talk about versatility. And you want to talk about a guy who is not afraid to throw the playbook out and say, let's find what works. Let's, let's get to the end no matter what path we take. That's the guy who will do that. And a guy who, when they're rolling, there is no more fearsome team. There is no coaching staff you want to coach against less than Refurio because they're going to find something to, to dial up against you. And a, another guy who I think does... More with less. A guy that, that look, Refurio is a program. Uh, Refurio is not a is not a well off town. That is, no, a, I mean, it's a, it's a, I mean, yeah. it is a it is a rough part. The of hurricane hurt. They're still they're still trying to bounce back. They're from still that. trying to bounce back from that. And yet, here is a guy who every single year puts together his squad, and they are dangerous. You know every what? Year. You know what uh, intrigued me about him and, and Refurio? So last year. Coach Herring is not afraid to admit he's wrong mm-hmm. and change. Last year, Refurio tried a different offense than what they've run in the past, and through the first four weeks of the season, it flat out didn't work. Yeah. And he wasn't stubborn. He said, you know what? This isn't working. We're scrapping it, and we're going back to what we've done in the past. He, he, he admitted he was wrong, and, you know, and it didn't work, and he went back and changed it. He wasn't stubborn. He, he changed it. He saw something wrong, he, and he fixed it midstream. Yeah. And that they, they got it going and got, got better and better each week. And by the playoffs, they were hitting, hitting their stride. Yes. Again, the, the, uh, the ability to be versatile and the ability to say, we're going to look at what we've got, and we're going to look at what we're up against, and we're just going to find a way. Yep. Uh, because there are, there are a lot of coaches that have a system, and this is the system that we run. And you are going to be, whether if you have square blocks, they're going to fit into round holes. He is not like that. And that's what I really admire about Jason Herring. He's my third pick. Right. Your fourth and final pick, All right. Matthew. This is tough. I, I have to get my, my – my, I, I have another young coach I want to uh, throw out. I really hope you don't take mine. 
So I was really looking at. Uh, I'll give an honorable honorable mention yeah. to uh, Julio Lopez at El Paso Eastwood. Man, I thought about him too. Yeah, I really give him an honorable mention. He uh, his uh, the offense and the, the the scheme they run. They they went toe-to-toe with Plano last year in a crazy game. And from a one-game perspective, love what Julio Lopez does. So I'll give him a little mini shout-out. Um, my last guy is a guy who's only entering his uh, second year as head coach. Don't you dare. <laughs> oh, no. My t- Uh-oh. All right, I'll skip, I'll skip No, him. no, no. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. Do it. All right. Don Wait. Hyde. Damn it. Don Hyde. That guy. Oh. And it, that, that that was your that was your young coach, wasn't it? Damn you, step. Well, yeah, my young coach, quote unquote. Don Hyde is he? Is he? Was, is this his second year? It's going to be his second year yeah. as head coach. He's sixteen and zero as a head coach. No, <laughs> did Willie Williams coach after twenty fifteen, or he retired after? No, last year was Hyde's first year. Yeah, last year was Hyde's first year. Yeah, because Williams coached his son until he graduated. That's right. So, so that yeah. last year was his first. So year. second year head coach Don Hyde of Waco La Vega, who's undefeated as a head coach right now. Uh, actually, is, no, he's not undefeated. He lost to Argyle. Yeah, they, they lost to Argyle and, and they LBJ. lost to LBJ. He's 14-2 and two as a head coach. Yeah. Sorry, it's been a long weekend, y'all. It's okay. Don Hyde's 14 to be the state championship head coach. And just, I was so impressed with, with and I know he, he's had a big, his hand has been on La Vega for quite a while. Um, and But, you know, what's funny is when he left, La Vega kind of took a little bit of a dip. He left for a couple of years and went to Axtell, I believe, as, mm-hmm. as an assistant. They took a little bit of a dip there. And as soon as he came back, they shot back up and, and became an elite team again. So I, I think his impact on the La Vega program and the La, La Vega kids has uh, really impressed me. And I, I've I've come to really respect him. And, you know, he, he, he said, you know what, we've got a weakness. We don't throw the ball that well right mm-hmm. now. Let's, we're going to start playing seven on seven, mm-hmm. and I think that's going to make us better in real football, and it has. And I think La Vega is uh, a team that could easily repeat for a state championship, and uh, I think a bigger reason why is because of Don Hyde. Damn you! Here's the other thing about about him, and and we're on the premium podcast, so I feel okay saying this. Um, let's be real; it is easier. Easier is the wrong word. There are l- fewer headaches. At a program where kids are coming from better homes, okay, mm-hmm. where kids are coming from two parent homes, where kids are don't have to worry about money, they they don't have to worry about where where the next meal is coming from. Bellmead ain't that, okay. Bellmead is a a part of the Waco area where uh, and and by the way, yes, Dave Campbell is a is a living alum, but Bellmead is an area where th- you're getting all kinds. You're getting all kinds. You're getting kids who come from great houses, and you're coming from getting kids who straight up come from no houses. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And what he does so well is he focuses it and says, mm-hmm. we're all going to come together, and we're going to all pull the rope in the same direction. And those kids play so hard. Those so tough, kids, man. The, the, you they will, reflect his personality. You will never... You will never. They play with a chip on their shoulder. Yeah. He he puts that chip on their shoulder, and he says, even you know, he finds a way to say nobody believes in you. Even like we have them number one. I think he's mad at us. Yeah. I think he's mad because he can't play the nobody believe in you. Yeah. Show. Uh, he'll find a way. He will find a way. <laughs> but it, whatever this is the case, La Vega is. Um, I think that's a great great pick. Damn you. All right, I've got a couple honorable mention to Marcus Shavers at McKinney. Uh, young coach, guy who's entering his fourth year as a head coach, a guy who's on the come up, a guy who is going to um, Mike Glaze in the building. Mike Glaze, um, Melty Bell's here. Um, the a guy who is, I think, starting to win friends and influence people around the state. People are starting to realize what a good coach he is. I thought, you know, he was eighteen and six at Estacado 
and then he goes to McKinney and inherits a team that only had three starters coming back mm-hmm. in the Allen Plano district. I they will, started, I think they started zero and five, mm-hmm. and, he, and they most teams would have packed it up by then. He got I, them in the playoffs. I would also give an honorable mention to first of all, I mean, we could go on for days about honorable mentions, but another guy is the guy who replaced Shavers is Joe Cluley at at Estacado. Took him to the third round this year. Outstanding year year in his first year. Um, And then uh, one more honorable mention before I get to to, uh, the the one I want to do. But uh, honorable mention uh, to Mark Bendel at Wichita Falls Rider. I think if you want a guy who is going to dial up something, who's going to think about football in a very, in a different way, and try to come up with that little edge. Oh, he'll run the single wing on you. He will. He he'll will, run a single wing on you. He'll do what it takes. He's he's a funny guy. He's an honor, uh, he is he Mark Bendel's an honorable up. mention. He's a good dude. Here's what I'm going with them. My pick is your friend and mine. It's Josh Gibson at Pleasant Grove. Ah yes. And Josh Gibson at Pleasant Grove. And again, this is the kind of guy that I I, I almost might take higher if we were talking about building a program. Because what he's built there. But this is a dude who is, for one game, is very creative. And I think we have a great example of that. And that was the 2017 title game against West Orange Stark. Mm-hmm. Okay? Where they come out, first play. And they're a wing T team. First play, play action, over the top, touchdown. And he told me... Uh, at a clinic that, that that in January at the Piney Woods Clinic, that they had scouted that play and and he he goes I don't want to say we knew we were going to score a touchdown on it. He was like, but we felt really really good about it because they had the West Orange start scouted and they knew they could they could hit that play. And then go look at the first play they ran against Cuero this year. Do you remember they ran like the swinging gate? Yeah, they ran the swing gate. He always comes in prepared with wrinkles. He's a guy who every year, every game, he goes in and he's got wrinkles. Um, beyond that, another guy that, again, you can tell what I value in a coach, versatility. A guy that they run the wing tee. He is the son of Vance Gibson, okay? Yes, like he, yes. He is a running guy. But he starts looking around and he goes, oh, we got this, uh, this kick-ass quarterback in yeah. Ben Harmon. Uh, why don't we just throw the ball more? Yeah. And now they are essentially... Why don't we make the plane out of Ben Harmon? Yes, they are essentially a pass-heavy wing tee. Yeah. They threw for 300 yards in this. He, told, he, said, he said, we knew West Orange Stark was really good up front. We knew we were going to have to throw the ball a lot to win, so we, just, we, we, we came out prepared to throw the ball, and they threw for 300 yards. And they did. And a guy who, again... I think, I think this is my opinion, I think he's going to get snapped up by a college soon. Um, I think he's, like, especially... He's got the bloodlines. I, I think that I think I know his phone has rung. I know he oh, has yeah. turned down offers yes. to go other places. Uh, but Pleasant Grove coach Josh Gibson is my fourth pick. And so, uh, who are your four picks? You remember uh, Scott Surratt, Hugh Sandifer, um, James Williams, and Don Hyde. I took um, Gary Joseph, Randy Allen, Jason Herring. And Josh Gibson. I think we did good. I think we did okay. That's a that is those are eight those are eight coaches that are pretty hard to argue against any of them being there. And by the way, the thing is, we could we could go 40, 40 rounds, sure, forty we, rounds, we and and not skimp on quality. No, I mean really and truly. That's and, and I know I've said this before, but what makes Texas high school football so good? The players are great, and the facilities are great, and the passion's great, but why it is, and what it all comes back to, is the depth of coaching in this state is absurd. It's silly how many really, really, really good football minds there are in this state. So, 
That is our inaugural coaches draft from here at the THSEA Coaching School and Convention. And that is going to do it for this episode of Tep and Step. Thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Thank you. football love insider. You. We Next love episode you. will be uh, the preseason preview. I think we're preview. doing preseason previews, yeah. and that's going to be in a couple weeks. Yep. Uh, early August is when we will do that, and so uh, be on the lookout for that. Please tell your friends to become a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider and uh, let them know that they are missing this kind of goodness, this kind, of, these kind of podcasts. And so from the George R. Brown Convention Center in Houston, Step, thank you for your courage. Thank you. We'll see you next time on Tep and Step. Mm-hmm.